everybody, and a very pleasant good evening to you, wherever you may be. Welcome to episode 27 of the He Hit the Bull podcast. Recorded here October 23rd, the night before game one. As always, I'm your host, Matt Seda, and with me tonight is Max Blaha. Hey, Max. Hey, Matthew. How cool is it that we're at week 27? Not only that means that we've done 27 episodes, but we're in the freaking World Series. Yeah, God, man. We picked a good year to start a podcast, I think. Uh, yeah, Dodgers are looking good. Uh, let's get into it real quick. You know, we're going to hit week in review, quick NLCS review, just to count down uh, that game five victory. Uh, a World Series preview featuring team breakdowns, roster talk, keys to victory as we see them, and then storylines that are going to emerge. As always, the Blaha stat of the week. So let's get to it. Since we last recorded, the Dodgers completed a gentleman's sweep of the Chicago Cubs and have moved on to the World Series. The World Series. The Los Angeles Dodgers of 2017 are in the World Series. Max, how's it feel? Uh, this is the first time I, I can ever say that I will be able to see them in the World Series, and it feels feels pretty damn good. It feels pretty damn great. It feels amazing. You know, I've had all week to think about this and even trying to like acquire tickets and like, get down here to L.A. where I'm at currently – and it still is surreal, and I don't think it's actually set in yet. It won't until tomorrow at about 2 p.m. when I'm sinking a beer at the shortstop. But let's get to it. NLCS review. Hey, bada 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 swing bada. Hey, bada 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 swing bada. Kennedy, 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 swing bada. Game five. We won't spend too much time here. By now, everyone knows what happened. But let's just revel in the glory once more. Highlights. Kike coming up huge for his mother for Puerto Rico for the Dodgers. Three dingers, including a grand slam. Kershaw looked dominant over six innings. Everyone continues to have good at-bats, got into that cubby bullpen. Uh, we dominated the National League this year. What else can we say? Max, what else you got on this? Uh, it was awesome. Uh, I, I love how we did give them the gentleman sweep, as you said before. Where uh, We'll let you have one. You guys are the defending world champions. You guys get one. Uh, but I think there's only like three teams in like the last 30 years who have gone seven and one to get to the world series. So, uh, pretty cool. We look great. I think like the big thing there is like everyone from one to nine has been having good at bats. And I say one through nine, cause look at you Darvish getting that big walk in game three. But, uh, uh, yeah, we completely dominated every side of the ball. Uh, and I'm hoping this, this five day layoff didn't, uh, gave us the rest, but we're still going to be competitive. Yeah, I think the, I think the layoff is really key too. I mean, we saw that after the NLDS with the with the uh, Diamondbacks, we were fresh, ready to rock in Game One against the Cubbies. I'm I'm anticipating the exact same thing happening here. Uh, so speaking of Game One, let's get right into it. World Series preview. All right, so. The Dodgers are in the World Series, as we have said. It's still surreal, but hey, decisions have to be made. The biggest piece of news coming out of Dodger camp these days, Corey Seager is back, pun intended. He will be back on the roster. He, he seems, to be very, seems to be healthy. I think he's going to be back out there game one at shortstop for us. Uh, Max, big question here. Who drops off this roster? I don't see any real, real changes on the pitching staff. That's been pretty lights out. The way I see it, it's Culberson. 
Farmer and Curtis Granderson are on the chopping block. Which way are you going? This is a tough one. I think in if it was a week ago, it would have been an extremely easy decision. Culberson is the easy, the, the odd man out. But Culberson showed not only can he play t- uh, tremendous defense as he did in the last series, but he can handle it with the bat. Uh, so with this last week's performance, I think Culberson's in, and I think Farmer's out. Uh, we haven't really been able to use him except in these like fifth inning pinch hitting at bats. And with the DH, there's really less of a need for that. So uh, I see Farmer being, being the odd man out. Yeah, I think uh, I tend to agree with you. I think uh, Culberson's a lock for this roster. I think as you know, Seager looks fine. He's going to be fine playing defense. However, I think in Houston you'll see Corey Seager as our DH uh, potentially for two or all three of those games, uh, and Culberson out there playing defense. Um, and that because of that, and that Austin Barnes has like completely taken over the starting catcher gig from Yasmani Grandal. I think Farmer is a goner for this roster, which. Is unfortunate, but uh, I mean, he's been great for us all year. Good little cup of coffee in the playoffs, couple at bats, got an RBI. But yeah, I, th- I think Farmer's gone. The dark horse here is is Curtis Granderson. He has given us next to nothing outside of getting Joe Madden ejected in uh, in what game four uh, against the Cubbies. But he really hasn't been doing anything. Not really putting together competitive at bats. Um, do you see a scenario where they would take Granderson out and keep Kyle Farmer? Uh, I think it's how confident they are in Culberson's defense in the outfield. I think he played a Oof. couple of innings like last season in the outfield. I need to double check on that, but yeah, no chance. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, but I feel like Granderson and Jock are kind of redundant on this roster because at least with Jock out there, he can play defense in center and in left better than Curtis Granderson can. And he's actually at least produced something in the playoffs offensively with his bat. Do you feel like, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of like one of the directions they may go. But I do think that Farmer gets the, gets the, gets the boot here for Corey Seager. Yeah, I, uh, we'll see. I, I threw up Outley's name up, up there earlier as well. Uh, let's see how much of this veteran presence is needed uh, because, and we'll hit on this later, we know that one of the Dodgers veterans will not be there for the World Series. So, Right, that's true. I think, I mean, there's no way that Utley doesn't make this roster. He's, he is there full-time for sure. Uh, uh, well, speaking of second baseman, Utley makes the roster. Does he start against right-handed pitchers or does he start against any of the right-handed pitchers or is it fourth-size uh, job for the rest of the year? Yeah, interesting. I mean, Forsyth has put together a very good good postseason. I would like to see him be the full-time starter just because Utley really hasn't put together very good at-bats, I don't think. Um, but I really don't see Doc changing his stripes there in that approach. Yeah, I think Forsyth has put up a good, not great postseason so far, but I think Utley's over 23 in his last uh, 23 playoff at-bats. Granderson hasn't been doing well. That's so I, uh, yeah, I think it's full t- fourth size is the the second baseman for the next seven games. Yeah, I so don't disagree. And he with plays you. better D. Love Forsyth. Yeah, great defender. One thing he does give you though is uh is if they have a lefty come in, uh he can give you a good pinch hit against the lefty, which is something we're lacking on our bench. But uh yeah, I would rather have him as a full time starter, getting four or five at bats than just saving him for one. So. That said, looks like a pretty straightforward roster change. Seager comes in. We see Farmer going out, potentially Granderson, uh, but I don't think so. Uh, so quickly, 
Let's do a quick little Astros primer. Max, you and I are really familiar with the Astros. It's kind of our second job to be watching baseball and paying attention to this stuff. Not all of our listeners are that way. So Houston Astros, what do we know about them? What do they bring to the table? So the big thing that's going to jump out is their bats. They have big-time bats from Altuve, Carrera, Grail, Bregman, all the way through. Their one through nine is very, very tough. They have the best offense in the AL. Uh, not only do they have the best offense in the AL, but they went and acquired Justin Verlander uh, in your, your odd August trade. Uh, so you got Verlander and Keiko at the top of your rotation. And then you have a shaky bullpen. So uh, they can hit. They can throw. They're great defensively, but their bullpen is their weakness. Nice. Uh, yeah, I think you hit, you hit on all the key points there. I mean, yeah, I think the, the place that we're going to have our biggest advantage is probably in that bullpen. Uh, that said, let's just go through and quickly break down positional groups for us. Uh, Dodgers, Dodgers versus Astros, see kind of where we think we're shaking out. Looking at the infield, uh, I kind of look at this as a push, basically. I think uh, for the Dodgers, you've got Bellinger and Seager and Turner and then the, the, monster, the two-headed monster of Forsyth and Utley. Uh, the Astros obviously have Gurriel at first, Altuve, MVP candidate at second, Correa, and then Bregman. I kind of see this as a push. Uh, everyone there uh, on their day can be pretty dynamic. Altuve is one of the best players in baseball. I think Turner right now is one of those guys as well. Um, so I kind of feel like the infield's a wash. What about you, Max? If we're lumping in catcher, I'm saying the Dodgers got the slight edge with Austin Barnes over McCann. But if we're keeping them separate, yeah, I think the infield's a push. Um, but with, with, uh, Barnes and Grandal, I think we have, uh, the more complete depth there. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Uh, so yeah, infield kind of is going to lean towards the Dodgers here, which is great to see. Uh, all right. So chalk went up for the boys in blue, uh, looking at the outfield, uh, obviously Taylor Puig and then Kike Granderson. Um, and then for the Astros, they've got Marwin Gonzalez in left field, who's been quietly dominant all year. George Springer batting at the top of their lineup in center field, who's got a lot of power, a lot of speed, really dynamic player. Um, and then in right field, Josh Reddick, old friend Ooh. Josh Reddick. Yeah, so looking at this, honestly, uh, I kind of have this down here as a push, um, mainly because I think Taylor and Springer kind of wash each other out. And I think Gonzalez, or yeah, Marwin Gonzalez and Puig kind of do a washout. And I think Reddick and whatever we have in left field is also kind of a wash, um, depending. Um, what do you got, Max? I got this is the Astro strength, I think, here. Uh, Josh Springer is an absolute beast. He's one of my favorite players uh, in all of baseball. He plays so hard and he has so much power, and he's just he's a 5 tool athlete. Uh, yeah, I think Marwin Gonzalez is better than any of our left fielders and Josh Reddick and, and Yasiel Puig. I think Puig has a slight edge recently. Um, but Reddick, I think like if you look at his last two or three years is probably better than Puig. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, what I, one thing I will say with Josh Reddick is I don't think that's a guy that performs in pressure situations and like we can debate clutch or not all you want. But when he was with the Dodgers last year, he came into a pennant race and was atrocious and this year in the playoffs, he's also been really, really poor. He had one hit in the ALCS um, all, of last, um, all of this season. And he's basically only hit singles in the divisional series as well. So I don't think he really uh, comes up big in the clutch, if you will. And I'm not normally a guy that goes like with the clutch gene uh, or kind of like, really believes in that. But I think Reddick's kind of body of work shows he's kind of a head case. So 
I lean a little bit towards uh, push here, but I do, yeah, Springer is absolutely dynamic and kind of terrifies me. Uh, a roster breakdown that we usually don't get a hit on here is uh, is the designated hitter. So us, us NL uh, people, for, for all those who don't know, in the American League, uh, the pitchers don't hit. So they, they have this other guy called a designated hitter, and uh, they screwed up the game of baseball that way, and that's why National League's better. Uh, but the DH, we're looking at the DH. They got this guy who's got an amazing beard in Evan Gaddis. Uh, he's their DH. He's uh, hits absolute bombs. He hasn't been really great in the last year and a half. In uh, the Dodgers, this would be a really interesting situation. Like like what you said earlier, Matt, uh, you could see Seager in there for, for a couple games, um, or you could see Andre Ethier. I think what it comes down to is, one, if, if Seager's healthy and he can play defense, you're absolutely going to see him out there because uh, it's more of a unhealthy Seager versus the defensive abilities of Andre Ethier. That's a great point. That's definitely very true. Yeah, and, and versus the defensive. Yeah, basically you're, you're saying, do you want to have a Culberson in this batting slot or do you want Andre Ethier? And I know where I'd like to be. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, I'm praying for a healthy Seager back. Uh, and then I, I like it as well because then you got Culberson, another right-handed hitter who can come off the bet, uh, off the bench. Yeah, that's um, true. and maybe like um, yeah, you're probably not going to double switch him. So I think it's uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how Doc plays the the DH there. It's actually very interesting. You might might see the unprecedented uh, double switch uh, designated hitter uh, move where you drop the DH. Yeah, we're ba- we're basically like you su- you sub in. Like yeah, you, you move move Seager there and like sub in Culberson on for defensive value, like for like late game situation or something. Yeah, we'll 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 but see. We've we've never been in this position before, so uh, yeah. Clearly, we're a little shaky on this. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Let's. So it seems kind of like offensively, this is a, this is kind of a push. Uh, you know, Max leans infield Dodgers, outfield Astros. I kind of say push push. Uh, so offensively, both of these clubs very. Uh, very, very tight. Uh, let's get to the pitching side of the ledger where I think we're going to have a little bit more of a disparity here. So Dodgers-Astros, we've got the game games one through four pitching matchups as we think they're going to be. Game one is Kershaw-Keichel. Game two, Rich Hill versus Verlander. Game three will be Darvish versus TBD, probably Charlie Morton. And then Wood in game four versus also TBD will probably be Lance McCullers, we think. Um so looking at that, for me, it's definitely a, an edge to the Dodgers, just this, like one through three. And I think one through four, honestly, Wood was pretty good against the Cubs for not having pitched for three weeks. I think he was probably on his B game, uh, not his A game, but like that was pretty darn, pretty darn special. Keiko and Verlander are very scary. They're very dominant. Um, and that's why I think these first two games at Dodger Stadium are going to be really important. I think you could see us leaving here with a series split. But overall – Pitching matchups, edge to the Dodgers for sure. What do you think, Max? Yeah, I think game one, it's Kirsch's game is to lose. Keuchel is a, a fantastic pitcher. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Kyle Hendricks. Um, yeah, he's kind of has have fantastic changeup, and as the Dodgers saw in game uh, game three um, against Hendricks, their their patience and their ability to lay off that changeup low or really anything that starts at the knees, they were taken. Uh, so I think if they can have that same approach for his Keiko, uh, they'll be dominant because he doesn't really overpower you, but his changeup is, is out of this world. Uh, going through the others, uh, game two, I, I think game two is probably the, uh, I agree with you. We split, 
Uh, it's also the game that I'm probably going to. So it's great that I get to see Justin Verlander. Uh, but yeah, I think unless we can, I think the goal there is just to get to Justin Verlander and get him out by the fifth or sixth thing. And then when it, uh, went later in the game. So if Hill can go five or six, then we got a chance there. But yeah, I think Darvish and Wood are, are hands down uh, way better than Morton and McCullers. Uh, one thing it's probably good that we don't see Doug Fister here. I know yeah. he's a, a former Astros, but the, for those who forgot, he no hit us last year. So uh, good to not see him. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the big things that, that you'll see is the, especially like Lance McCullers, who's part of their Paul game four guy. Obviously, a big curveball guy. The Dodgers had the best average in batting average. I know batting average is a funny stat, but they had the best batting average in baseball against curveballs, and that's pretty much all McCullers throws. It's almost he's basically like Rich Hill with his repertoire, um, fastball or like a cutter and a curveball. So that kind of bodes well for us going into Game Four. I think Darvish against Morton on the road is a, a big advantage for the Dodgers. I think you Darvish knows how to pitch in that ballpark, especially having coming from Texas. Uh, oh, he's, he's in that same great division. numbers there. Um, let's, so here's the big one, the bullpen. This is clearly the Dodgers' strength, and I think we win this thing going away in bullpen. I mean, it has been written at, at length how dominant the Dodgers' bullpen has been this postseason. Um, so we all know it, .96 ERA, uh, only one run. Like They've just been absolutely lights out. Max, what do we know about the Astros' bullpen that's kind of like their big failing here? Uh, they have a couple guys who throw heat. Uh Peacock and Giles, especially Giles. Giles can get it up there. Uh, but yeah, over the few postseason, they've had a five-plus ERA. They don't really have many lefty relievers. Um, so that's that bodes well for, for Cody Bellinger. And I know that you said Lance McCullers probably be their game four starter. But uh, I don't think the Astros are going to be shy to bring him out of the pen. He threw four scoreless innings for for the Astros in that game game seven. Yes. Uh, and, threw, and at one point, he threw 24 straight curveballs. So... Uh, uh, yeah, I think that is insane, and I don't think he'll repeat that. I think it was like uh, before that, it was 15 straight curveballs in a row was was like the record. In yeah, through 24. Well, and that was another thing too. Like, look, just watching the Yankees continue to flail at those. Like, I kept thinking of like these are wards, the, well, like, these are pitches that the Dodgers just would not be swinging at because they're starting yeah. at your hips. Like, you know, it's dropping. But yeah, uh, absolute advantage to the to the Dodgers, and then really the last thing is coaching. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, in coaching, I'm going to lump in here like front office preparedness as well, because I think uh, as they've shown, they've been a great team of working together. Uh, I think it's definitely the Dodgers have the advantage. Doc is, is a wizard. Not only is it Doc, but you have Honey, Garen, and Ward, who have just been absolutely tremendous. I am a little uh, – I think when you go to the American League, and you, you have the DH. That takes a little bit of uh, tricks out of out of Doc's repertoire, but you still get four games in the National League Park. So I think it, he, his skills play there. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think you're right. When you go to the AL, that kind of like takes a little bit of your, uh, your managerial acumen and throws it out the window. That said, uh, those four games that we potentially have in Los Angeles – that's where AJ Hinch has to kind of step up to the plate and figure out how to, how to double switch and when to pull pitchers and how to, how to work with that. And he hasn't really shown the ability to do that in an AL game very well under, under the lights. Um, look at in game six, he burned Ken Giles with a five run lead uh, for like 40 pitches right ahead, the day before a pivotal game seven for them. Ken Giles, their closer lights out. Uh, yeah. He used for a lander in that game three. Yeah. Very, four really the, strange yeah. stuff there. So, 
I, if I'm an Astros fan, I'm not very confident in his ability to manage a bullpen in an AL game, let alone an NL game where you have to deal with batting slots and double switches. And, you know, that's the other thing is like their bench is absolutely not as deep as the Dodgers bench. We have a lot of guys to call on. The Astros pretty much use the same starting lineup all year. Uh, I think they have like kind of like the lowest turnover of like different starts and different starters. So uh, I feel really good about the Dodgers coaching and like utilizing their bullpen and their bench. So. I think edge Dodgers, but as we're seeing here, this is going to be a really, really close series. Uh, anything can happen. Anything can happen. That is absolutely right. So, Max, let's get to keys to victory. What's going to deliver this series victory to us? It's going to be close. The rosters are close. The everything's, everything's close. What are our keys to the success here? Especially in this game one, you've got to work the count. Uh, it is so pivotal to, one, make these pitchers throw it, uh, especially that off-speed up. Uh, and then two get to their starting pitchers early. Their bullpen is not that good. If we can get Keuchel and Verlander out of the game early, even if we don't have the wit, the lead at the time, that is a win. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think it's going to be really tough to get Verlander out of the game early just because he's got so many bullets. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's been, he's thrown 100 pitches, 120 pitches in this postseason. One thing, do you think that kind of wears on him? He's like 36 years old. Do you think that many pitches this frequent, this late in the season – especially going into a game where he's going to be pitching where it's going to be about 100 degrees, do you think that's something that might be able to kind of like work in our favor, like getting him out of the game early? Yeah. He also basically took the first half of the season off because he was on the Tigers. So it was like he, he kind of got that little break. And that's with true. him and, and Kershaw's back being a little eh, I kind of look at that as a push. Okay, that's a good So uh, I, I don't put too much weight into it. Yeah. So in that vein of working counts, I think – yeah, keep the K to walk ratio the way it is. Um, the Dodgers have been taking a ton of walks because they've been so selective and having such competitive at bats. Uh, hopefully, that you know don't give anything away against these guys. Uh, and I think you can get Keuchel out of there early and then feast on that bullpen. Um, speaking of bullpens, can our guys like Kenta Maeda continue to be lights out? Um, I say yes. I think they can. But against this Astros team uh, with such dominant hitters, one through nine. Uh, can that continue to be the case? I think our bullpen will give up some runs this series. Uh, we got to be prepared for that, I think. Yeah, I think Maeda is really a huge key here. Uh, they have a very right-handed heavy hitters. Uh, so, yeah, you have Morrow and Jansen to close out the game. But if, if something goes awry and you need someone in the fifth or sixth, Maeda is your guy and he's getting the ball there. I don't really want to see Josh Fields in a high-leverage situation. So, yeah, I think, I think Maeda is key to getting – uh, these righties out for them. Yeah, that's true. And the fact that they have so many righty hitters, uh, that's where you could actually see Maeda going one or two innings. True. Yeah. That, and that, that's going to bring up, too, he's going to be very key. Can he go one day right after the other? We haven't seen that yet this postseason or in his reliever career. Can he go two days in a row? I don't know. We'll find. I, I think we're going to find out this in, uh, in this series. Uh, another one here is, is, can the Dodgers hit the high heat? Uh, overall over the season, they were tied for the second lowest batting average on balls on fastballs in the upper third of the zone. Uh, and you have guys like Verlander and Giles who, who really bring it. So I think it's, uh, one can, uh, are they able to hit it? And two, maybe is there approach where they're just taking those balls? You see, it's pretty crazy to me, like seeing guys like Justin Turner take these like Oh, one fastballs that are like pretty much over the plate and they look very hittable, but he's just, you can tell he's looking for a different pitch in a different zone. And I think if like, it's totally fine if the Dodgers 
uh, adapt that, but at some point they're going to have to hit these balls up up in, uh, up in the zone. Yeah, something you got to ambush what they're giving you. And with the way the Astros staff controls the ball, especially with like their first two guys, Keiko and Verlander, you almost have to start hitting those pitches that they're going to give you. So maybe we see a different approach this series. Yeah. And then uh, last but not least, Kershaw has to be Kershaw. He's gotten through the playoffs as well as possible. No short rest starts. You know, six stress, pretty much stress-free innings in Game Five against the Cubs. Tomorrow is his day of reckoning, and he's got to be—he's got to be a stud. He's got to be him. That's pretty he, much yeah. It. There's no excuses. It's uh, it, it kind of sucks because no matter if he uh, continues to have like pretty good postseason success, if he doesn't win these big games, then that narrative is always going to stick. So uh, I don't give a shit about the narrative as much. I want to win a World Series, but it's it's always going to be looming and something that we'll always have to defend. So, Kirsch, you got this. Yeah. If Kirsch gives us two, two quality starts this series, that, that narrative is gone. Uh, and I think he's going to do it. I mean, this is his year. This is our year. I feel really good about him tomorrow. I'm really excited to watch him pitch. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it, that's, the main, that's the main key to victory. We have to win the Kershaw starts, and he's got to help us win those starts. So those are the main keys we see it to victory, what's actually going to take us over the line. Uh, let's look at a few other things here. Let's, we've been pretty serious this podcast. Let's open it up a little bit. Let's look at some fun storylines that are going to, kind of going on outside between the lines, like maybe in the dugouts and the stands uh, and the thermometers. So first one for me, I think it's really, really cool, is like just for baseball in general, these are clearly the two best teams in Major League Baseball. They have been all year. We've said it from the beginning. I have at least. This was my World Series pick from day one. The Astros and the Dodgers were the best teams coming into the year. They were the best teams all season. And now they're in the World Series together. And I think that's really that's great for baseball in a, te- in a, in a place that normally you have so much uh, randomness in the playoffs to actually see this come through. What do you think, Max? Yeah, I agree. It's, it's awesome that uh, two best teams are in there. I also thought, uh, just like many other people, that it was going to be the Dodgers-Houston from, from the start. Uh, MLB is very happy that it's the the second and the fourth largest city playing against each other, and they had the first and the third in, in the league championship series. Uh, but yeah, I I, I love it. I, I don't really know too many Astros fans. Uh, I had a lot of nagging Yankees fans that I'm I'm actually glad we don't have to to put up with that. But yeah, uh, another cool story in, is uh, haven't won in 29 years in the Dodgers or winning for or hurricane relief. Uh, so I think I think in terms of like winning for your city, I think there's a, a pretty cool storyline there. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm gonna just go ahead and say like I think the winning for hurricane victims is like kind of a wash here. I mean, we've got Kike on Team Puerto Rico, and like they're from Houston. Like both places have been decimated for. I feel like both places are like are pretty bought into like those side that side of like why you're playing the game and like who you're trying to represent. I think that that kind of washes out, and it's like, hey, man, we haven't won in 29 years. This is for us, you know. Okay, so 29 years versus them never winning it. Let's let's rephrase it like that. So hurricanes a yeah. wash. Yeah, hurricanes a wash. Uh, bad bad term to use there. Hurricane is that's a bad pun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, haven't won in 29 years versus never winning. They don't even know what it feels like. I mean, now granted, yeah. neither do you or I, but you know, my dad does, and so I think that means that all the momentum and the karma gods are with us. All right, next one. It's going to be hot. Does the heat play a factor? For, for those who don't know, it's supposed to be 101 tomorrow at game time. 
I, th- I think it's definitely going to play a huge factor. I mean, there's a very clear correlation between temperature and distance of fly balls. And we've already seen this year, Kershaw gives up very little contact, but when he does, he's got a high home run rate. Uh, but, I mean, that's going to be the same for anyone that's throwing a baseball tomorrow um, or on Wednesday. So I think we're going to see some high, potentially high-scoring games for some, from some aces, uh, and it's going to be interesting. We're going to have some weird baseball. Yeah, I uh, I don't really see it as an advantage for either team. Yeah, uh, I am a little worried for Kershaw as well. But if uh, it's really hot in Houston, so I think they know how playing under the heat. Uh, Kershaw actually had like a, a great line about it where he's like, "They're from Houston. I'm from Texas. We're used to the heat. It's over." Yeah, they're like well, this question's over. But they also play indoors in an air conditioned stadium, so they're soft. So they don't know actually. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Counterpoint advantage Dodgers. Boom. Uh, all right. One other thing that we got to see: Adrian Gonzalez. He's in Italy. What's up? Yeah, that's yeah, really weird. Uh, all the other guys who are who did make the roster are there with like McCarthy uh, and uh, like Jock was there when he didn't make it. Uh, Baez will be there and he won't make it. it it's there's got to be something going on here, right? I agree. I think it's a little strange. I mean, it's either like. That injury is like pretty bad, uh, or there's something going on behind the scenes. It's, it's really kind of sad to not have Adrian there in the dugout. Uh, but hey, man, yeah, if I mean, injury was pretty bad, then he probably wouldn't go on a 15-hour flight to Italy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, look, I think Adrian Gonzalez, as a, as a as a man, as a player, is like kind of earned the benefit of the doubt. And if that's what he wants to do, and like not detract from the team, like more power to him. I, you know, no one's really asked Roberts about it, and and I think kind of with good reason and. I yeah, know. I don't want it to be a storyline. I think it's something that we'll definitely hit on the offseason. Is Aegon play on? another game for the Dodgers? Yeah. Uh, I, I do think something's fishy there, and I don't want it to distract from this series because there's a whole lot going on, and I don't want uh, our first World Series in 29 years to be soured by whatever's going on there. But don't worry, it won't be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's not there. One thing I definitely don't want to see <laughs> – and it gives me even more motivation to win this is Josh Reddick dancing in his American flag undies. Yeah, I don't we, need that. So if there's any motivation for anyone who's still on the fence, it's, yeah. it's, it's that. Yeah, exactly. No one wants to see a guy dance around in an American flag gong. Um, all right. Let's bring this thing home. Uh, the big question that's on everyone's mind, Vin Scully. Fans want him back. There have been petitions going back and forth to try to get him out to either call some games or, or have some involvement. He doesn't want to do it. What's your take, Max? I think it's dumb. He, he's not going to be in there. Uh, I think it's really disrespectful to Joe Davis as well. Like, uh, If you really want like your announcer in there, get Joe Davis. Come on, are you kidding me? Yeah. So uh, Vin's great. Uh, of course, I'd love to hear him call uh, a World Series game, but – uh, he's not there. Maybe he throws out a, p- a first pitch. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I, yeah, like to, to, to end it for me, like I think it's awesome that fans want him back. I want him back. You want him back. Like, I want more Vin in my life. Uh, but this year he had his Dodger Stadium send off. I mean, he's been there watching playoff games, but I don't think he, he doesn't owe us anything. And if he doesn't want to do this, he doesn't want to have it. He doesn't want to be part of the story. He wants to watch the story as a fan. And he's earned that right. I think it's cool that fans want it to happen, uh, but I don't think it's going to happen. So, Vin, yeah, you're not going to see Nancy B playing the, the right. accordion for this. Yeah, exactly. So, Vin, thanks for everything. Uh, but we got someone else to throw out first pitch in game one. Max, 
Who's that going to be if you had the choice? I think it's going to – I don't think it's going to be. If I had the choice, it would be Gibby. Like first World Series in, in 29 years, the most iconic play in Dodgers history. Like give me Gibby. That'd give me Gibby. Cool. Uh, so my choice is the rally granny. I want the rally <laughs> granny out there throw, d- dumping them out and throwing the first pitch. I think that would be phenomenal. Oh, man. Does she go pitch, then dump out, or dump out, then pitch? Pitch, then dump out, because the catcher's mm-hmm. got to be able to see to catch the ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, come on. Bring me some rally granny. I want the rally granny at these games. Um, all right, man. This is going to be a great World Series. I'm really excited about it. Uh, let's get quickly. What do you think is going to happen? We've said uh, I think it's going to be really close. That said, Dodgers in five. Uh Johnny, I'm, I'm going for Johnny here. Johnny's got Dodgers in seven because he wants everyone to have as many heart problems as possible. Yep. I'm going Dodgers in six. I think we dropped games two and games four. Um, but, yeah, went up there. Nice. All right. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, that's been the preview. Now's the time you've all been waiting for, the Blaha Stat of the Week. Get those nerds! One person we really didn't talk too much this podcast was Yasiel Puig. Um, but that's because you have to have patience because that's what Yasiel Puig has now is patience. Of the 135 postseason hitters, only four have seen more pitches per plate appearance than Yasiel Puig. And no one has a better exit velocity this postseason than Yasiel Puig. Thank you, Joe Davis and Tim Brown, for, for those the stats. 27th Blaha Star of the Week. I love it. Well, man, good things come to those who wait, and that that has never been more true in anyone's case than in Yasiel Puig's. We've waited a long time. Or ours. Yeah, really. We waited. We waited a long time. (laughs) That's a great point. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, let's get out of here with that. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Long podcast, but well overdue. The Dodgers are in the World Series. If you're going to the games, get there early. Don't be late. Let's have a good showing, LA. No excuses. You got to be there at 4.15. It's a 5 o'clock game. Get loud. Let's go support. Don't the boys. sell your tickets. Yeah. If you're or, a season hold, ticket holder. Or sell them to me for cheap. Yeah. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, as always, you can follow us on iTunes or SoundClouds. Fresh episodes coming at you all throughout this playoff run. Hopefully, only four more wins to go. Follow us on Twitter for at He Hit the Bull Pod and mailbag questions, he hit the bull at gmail.com. Thanks and go Dodgers. Bring home that title. Go Dodgers. Well, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who thinks I'm next to you. When I go out, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you. If I get drunk, well, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who gets drunk next to you. And if I have yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's heaving to you.